It's Emily here, and today I want to invite you to make sure to check out Robinhood Integrative Health. If you are a resident of the Winston-Salem, North Carolina area, and you're looking for a doctor who treats you differently, looks deeper into the issues that you're having, and seeks to hear you as a person and really help to get you better, then I can't recommend Robinhood Integrative Health, where Dr. Wiggy practices enough. Make sure that you go to their website and see how you can benefit from their services today. And did you know that they even take some insurances, which basically never happens in integrative medicine. So make sure to check them out and enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Healthy Discourse. It's Emily here, and I'm excited to introduce to you a new guest today on the podcast. Dr. Anshil Gupta is here joining me. Welcome, Dr. Gupta. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Emily. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here to discuss Hashimoto's and my my take on that. Absolutely. I'm very excited to have you um, as I mentioned to Dr. Gupta, we have um, discussed Hashimoto's on several occasions in the past with Dr. Wiggy here on the show. We love to bring in experts with all different types of opinions and so forth. And um, and Dr. Gupta is also an integrated medicine practitioner. He's an author, speaker, and a leading expert in Hashimoto's. And he has a book called Reversing Hashimoto's that we can recommend that if you are struggling with Hashimoto's or you think you might be, then we would definitely recommend. We love encouraging citizens, patients to do their own research and walk into their provider's offices with um, well-informed and as their own advocates and books like yours help us to do that. So Tell us, Dr. Gupta, to kind of go back to the beginning of Hashimoto's, because I think ever, not everyone, many people have heard the word, the diagnosis, but don't necessarily know what exactly that is. And in fact, one of my dear friends was recently diagnosed and she thought, what was it that she was confused with? Something else that has like a really um like a, a similar word that's but it's like fatal and she thought she was being diagnosed with a fatal condition so gratefully not um but would love for you to tell us a little bit more about what Hashimoto's is what are some of the root causes and so forth and then we'll dig into some more specific questions absolutely so a lot of people as you suggested do get confused between Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism also Mm-hmm. Because the most common diagnosis that people get is that, you know, they have low thyroid or hypothyroidism. And that's the reason they have to take this medicine called levothyroxine or something similar for their life now. Mm-hmm. What people don't know is that the exact reason why they became hypothyroid. And there are several different reasons. And currently, majority of the people, the most common reason is Hashimoto's disease. So Hashimoto's disease is an autoimmune condition of your thyroid gland where your body starts producing antibodies against the thyroid tissue. And that starts a very slow destruction of your thyroid gland. Now, this destruction can take days, weeks, two months, two years sometimes. 
uh, before it destroys the thyroid gland to the point that thyroid gland is not able to keep up with the demand of the body to produce enough thyroid hormone. And that's where majority of people do get diagnosed with low thyroid. Because when people are going to the regular doctor to get the thyroid checked, the only test majority of the time is ordered is a TSH. Right. Which is a test just to check whether your thyroid is producing enough thyroid hormone or not. It is not going beyond to check whether you have Hashimoto's disease. Right, right. So um, I'm guessing that you've seen a lot of Hashimoto's in your practice. What inspired you to write your your book, um, Reversing Hashimoto's? Actually, it starts with my own journey of my health, you know. So I so by training, I'm a family physician. So just a couple of years into my busy family medicine practice, I started having a lot of health issues. You know, I started gaining weight. You know, I was tired a lot. By the end of the day, you know, like I was having kind of brain fog-like symptoms where I was all not able to concentrate on things. I was having these horrible gut pain. The stomach pain will hit me randomly throughout the day or even in the night. And doesn't matter what I do, it will just not go away. I started taking a lot of different medications for the stomach pain, including acid reflux medicines and a whole bunch of other things. It was not getting better. That's where I decided I need to get more testing done with, you know, like, let's say specialists. I went to specialists after specialists. They did endoscopies, ultrasound, blood work, you name it. All the testing was done and everything was normal. And they had no idea what was going on with me. They added more medications thinking something will help, but nothing was working. So I was only 32 years of age at the time and didn't knew what to do. I was completely lost. That's where I found functional medicine. Somebody told me, well, hey, functional medicine has people like you. Don't find answers. You go to functional medicine. So I started looking into it. I got trained into functional medicine. And that made me realize there were root causes that were playing a role. So I found my root causes made a stepwise plan to fix those root causes. Within a month of doing the protocol, my, my stomach pain was completely gone. Within six months, I was off all medications. I lost 40 pounds. My energy levels were so high that I even participated in a 5K rugged maniac. And I was never an athletic person, so for me to even participate in that was a huge deal. That's great. My brain capacity was wonderful. You know, I was uh, remembering everything, was able to do so much more. So that was the moment I was like, okay, I need to share this with people around me because this is powerful stuff. You know, we can change people's life. So I got the opportunity actually to work at the Cleveland Clinic Functional Medicine Department alongside somebody called Dr. Mark Hyman. He's kind of well known in the functional medicine realm. So I wanted to do research in functional medicine model of care. So when I landed up over there, you know, suddenly I was attracting these middle-aged female clients who had very similar health issues in mind. They were all gaining weight. They were all tired. They all had brain fog issues. And they had several of them had gut problems. And one thing was common, they all had Hashimoto's disease. Mm -hmm. So that prompted me to kind of look at these issues. Why, why these Hashimoto's females are not getting better? Because nobody was looking for answers. So I started my research into Hashimoto's disease found there were like a lot of missing pieces to the puzzle of Hashimoto's, found several root causes which were playing a role. And then I made this three-step process of helping people with Hashimoto's disease, applied that process into several of my clients, saw phenomenal results. Not only their quality of life improved, their thyroid numbers got better as well as the antibodies also improved. 
So that prompted me to share this message with even a bigger audience. And I want to write this book, which was written in a very simple fashion for people with Hashimoto's disease so that they understand what is going on with them and actionable steps that they can take today itself to get better. Gotcha. So I know you mentioned how a lot of times people will go to their family doctor, they're tired, they get their TSH checked, it comes back as normal, or maybe sometimes a little low or that kind of thing. Um, Will you help us understand, and we've talked about this before, but again, how that is an incomplete picture of thyroid health and there are so many people walking around struggling with this either low, low thyroid or Hashimoto's. Um, and um, tell us a little bit about why that test is an incomplete picture. Cause I think that can be really hard to understand for some people, especially when traditional medicine tells us, Oh, that's all we need to know. <laughs> Absolutely. So for that, let's understand how the thyroid hormone is being produced. So I- it all starts with our master endocrine gland, which is a pituitary gland located in our brain. That produces the signaling hormone called TSH, which is the thyroid stimulating hormone. It is just a signaling hormone that goes from the pituitary and goes to the thyroid gland. And the only job of TSH is to signal thyroid gland to start producing thyroid hormone. Your thyroid gland actually starts producing this thyroid hormone, which is mainly in the form of T4. Now, T4 is kind of called as an inactive thyroid hormone and it circulates in the blood and goes to different parts of your body. Now, when it goes to different cells, it needs to be converted to the T3, which is called the more active form of thyroid hormone so that your body can utilize it. So now if you see, if you only are getting a TSH test done, then you're only checking a signaling hormone. You are not actually checking the levels of thyroid hormone in your body. So that's the first thing that a complete thyroid profile is very important of checking not only the TSH, but also T3 and T4. Now, even with these three tests, we are still not checking for Hashimoto's disease. So we have to go beyond these three tests and check for antibody levels for Hashimoto's disease. Two antibodies, one of them are TPO called thyroid peroxidase antibodies, and the other one is called thyroglobulin antibodies. Now, if any of these antibodies are higher then the reference range given by your lab, that means you have Hashimoto's disease. You don't need an ultrasound, you don't need a biopsy or any advanced testing to prove that you have Hashimoto's. The presence of antibodies tells us that your body is going through Hashimoto's disease. So this is the complete testing that people need to get to know whether they have Hashimoto's disease. Because as you suggested, a lot of people are walking with normal TSH, but they have all the symptoms of Hashimoto's disease. And they're not getting checked for Hashimoto. Right. Tell us, um, once you, and I know this is much of what's probably in your book, but once you diagnose a patient with Hashimoto's, tell us a little bit about the, your approach to, obviously every patient is unique. And a lot of times along with Hashimoto's, there's other health problems happening. So I don't want to create a little box because obviously that's not how integrative medicine works. But what is your general approach to beginning treatment and helping your patients to truly heal from Hashimoto's rather than just, you know, this becomes another label of a diagnosis that we live with forever, right? (laughs) So what a lot of people don't understand that even then they have Hashimoto's disease, they are taking this medicine. 
whether it's a levothyroxine or whether even a natural version of the thyroid hormone. These medicines are not doing anything for the underlying autoimmune process. These medicines are just a band-aid to support your thyroid gland to get enough thyroid hormone to the body. Most people are thinking these medicines are treating their Hashimoto's. In reality, it is not. Their antibodies levels are still going to be high. So when people work with us, our goal is to reduce these antibodies, to safeguard their thyroid gland and reduce that inflammation. So in that aspect, the first step is actually finding the root cause of Hashimoto's disease. So what I've identified is that there are five major root causes which are causing Hashimoto's disease. Most people have more than two root causes. A lot of people are just looking at one root cause and it is not the case. As you know, most of the chronic diseases are an interplay between two or three root causes which are causing a particular Hashimoto's condition. So the, these five main categories, first of them are food sensitivities. We know that there is an increase in food sensitivities. These food sensitivities destroy our gut, causes leaky gut problems and that leads to Hashimoto's disease. So knowing those food sensitivities are important. Second of all is nutritional deficiencies. Our body needs, our thyroid needs a lot of different vitamins and minerals like selenium, zinc, and a whole bunch of things to produce thyroid hormone. And our food itself is low in these vitamins and minerals. So those are the things we need to know. The third thing is stress. Whether it's physical stress, emotional stress, whether it's hormonal stress, we all go through a lot of stressors on the daily life. That stress will be a big trigger of Hashimoto's disease. The fourth one are toxins. Whether those are heavy metals like lead and mercury, whether those are mold toxins or the environmental toxins that you know is going around in our life, those are again big triggers of Hashimoto's. And the last category is infections. Whether that is Epstein-Barr virus infection or infectious mononucleosis, we know that research studies suggest that reactivation of Epstein-Barr can lead to Hashimoto's. Several parasites in the gut, especially blastocystis, again, can be related to Hashimoto's disease. Candida infection can be there. And then, obviously, Lyme disease and other chronic infections can do that. So these are five major root causes which are playing a role. And sometimes these root causes might be hidden in somebody's life five years ago or four years ago, and they might not even have forgotten about it. So the very first thing we try to find, to find out is that what kind of root causes we are dealing with people. Right. And once we identify those root causes, then actually we start with the lifestyle changes. Because until the lifestyle changes happen, there is no point in going on advanced protocols of addressing some of these things. Sure, sure. And tell us um, what are, and I love everything you just talked about. I think those are prevalent things that even those who are not um, necessarily dealing with a diagnosis of Hashimoto's or another uh, autoimmune or chronic disease, chronic disease, it's very important that we just pay attention to those things. And I, I'm grateful that there is a greater awareness. It seems to be with the toxic nature of our environment and plastics and processed foods and that sort of thing. And um, just all of the exposure that we have and also understanding how stress impacts our physical health as well. And obviously we can't necessarily always eliminate stress, but it's so important for us to acknowledge that it has to be managed well. And sometimes we do have to learn to say no to things and to begin to 
make sometimes really hard changes in our lives to be able to prioritize de-stressing. And so those two, I think, are so in particular important. We talk about nutrition all the time and how upside down our Western diet is. <laughs> and um, meanwhile, we're eating lots of red meat and eggs over here. So um, anyway, <laughs> but tell us a little bit about, it can feel really overwhelming to receive a diagnosis and it can, it takes a lot of dedication to just figure out those underlying factors that you just talked about, like figuring out what are the root causes that takes a lot of time sometimes and dedication. And I just want to, you know, I encourage patients and those that think that they might be dealing with something like this and our, and the environment and our immediate gratification world, a lot of times it's not going to be that simple, but it's also doesn't, it also doesn't have to be so incredibly overwhelming when you have a really solid practitioner walking you through the process like you and like what Dr. and Dr. Wiggy and, and to be able to do that, but it does take dedication from the patient too. And the commitment to saying, I am going to prioritize my health, whatever it takes. And so I think that's a big piece of it too. So talk to us once you, once you identify those root causes and obviously what they are matters a lot. Tell us about how that healing process can really happen. Like you talked about the medications, even the natural medications are hopefully a short-term solution and a support of the thyroid as we're healing these underlying issues. Do you, um, have you seen and do you work toward truly healing that thyroid so that it can fully function even when someone is dealing with something like Hashimoto's? Absolutely. So, you know, like uh, we have so many clients that have worked with us, you know, and uh, their antibody levels have gone back to like, you know, almost normal like numbers. Obviously, it doesn't happen in each and every person. And that is, again, that case-to-case -case basis. So it's not so easy to do that, as you suggested. Uh, but, you know, it is possible. And I think you pointed out very correctly, like all this information is so new for a lot of people. And a lot of people do get overwhelmed because there is so much information overload now these days. People don't even know what to eat, right? Because it is like, okay, somebody says, don't eat this. Then the other person comes and says, oh, eat this. And the third person says, oh, absolutely not. Why? Right? So people are confused. So I tell people, first of all, do things which makes the most sense, right? And the, the foundation of any health is kind of in your lifestyle changes. So start with improving your food, right? Give up the bad food, like the processed food we are eating now these days, the fast food we are eating, the fried food, you know, all these sugary things that we are eating, whether it is, you know, through our regular food or drinks, all of those things are bad. So start including regular healthy food in that vegetables are great. Now, again, one thing that people are afraid of is eating a lot of vegetables when they get diagnosed with thyroid or Hashimoto's because the doctors tell them, oh, well, these green leafy or cruciferous vegetables are really bad. Stay away from them. Well, in reality, now the recent studies, the current recent studies suggest that all of these cruciferous and green leafy vegetables are great for Hashimoto's disease. So they're actually, in fact, very helpful. So people should not be afraid of vegetables as such non-starchy vegetables, different colorful vegetables. 
They provide all different kinds of antioxidants, all different vitamins and minerals that is needed for your body to function well. So include more veggies. Get good quality protein. Whether you are a vegan, vegetarian, or you eat, you know, like meats, doesn't matter what you are. It just get your protein, good quality protein from there. Good quality fats. Again, we have created this environment that every fat is bad and everybody's looking for a low-fat diet or low-fat options. Well, what we forgot was that there is good fat and there is bad fat. So we forgot to educate people that we have to stay away from bad fat, like the trans fat, the fried food, and all those things. But the good fat is needed by our body. Our brain, 60% of our brain is made with fat. So if you don't have good fats in a diet, our brains don't work, right? So good fats, you know, olive oil, nuts and seeds, you know, whether it is your avocados, all of those things are good fats, you know, fatty fishes, those things should be part of your life. So I think these are basic changes that I think each and every person can do today. And uh, they will see benefit from it. And then stress management, right? You know, it's very important because as you correctly pointed said, we are living in a world there is no way that nobody is going to get exposed to stress. If we have to live our lives, we will be exposed to stressful situations. That doesn't mean that we have to run away from it. What we have to do is that we have to create this resilient environment in our body so our body doesn't react to stress in the normal fashion. And that taking some time for your own self-care, whether it is meditation, deep breathing, journaling, yoga, creating a hobby, all of these things, you know, are important for your health, especially females, right? You know, females wear so many different hats. They are a mother, you know, they're taking care of the kids, they're taking care of their husband, they'll take care of their houses, they have to take care of their workplaces, their parents. And sometimes we have to say no to prioritize ourselves, right? So creating that habit of saying, okay, well, this is the only thing I can do right now. Beyond that, I need to take care of my health. Yeah. So cultivating those changes in the mental attitude and a positive environment is very important. And then body movement, right? That is very, very great. Now, I'm not the body movement I'm not talking about is going for a high-intensity training or like, you know, high-intensity workouts. Just body movement, walking, jogging, running. Those are enough, you know, for your body to kind of, you know, improve in, in the regular fashion. So I think these are like lifestyle basic changes. I think each and every person should look forward to before they go moving, moving towards advanced protocols, supplements, or detoxification. I think those are way forward. Unless these things are done, we cannot move to the advanced levels. Right. And I think it's interesting because a lot of it is what helps us the most is moving almost backward in time to a lifestyle that was practiced you know, a hundred years ago or more where we're eating things that we grow. We are working really hard and we're physically active. We're not necessarily, like you said, this high intensity training all the time, but we're moving a lot. We're taking care of our homes and that sort of thing. Um, and, and we're eating really well and there just aren't as many situations that create all of that stress, which I just don't think that we're designed to live in this world where, you know, our, our phones, the, the dopamine that we're constantly getting and so forth, you know, we're just not really designed for that. So we have to, and it really is, like we said, we, we have to make those decisions sometimes to say, okay, I am even though everyone else quote is doing this, I'm going to 
choose not to. I'm going to put the screens away at 8 p.m. every day or whatever. It's amazing what even that can do. We talk about kids a lot, but for adults as well. Um, and just choosing, like you said, that there are seasons in life that it's it's not so much like, oh, I'm just going to focus on myself and this whole idea of self as everything, but really that we cannot serve others well when we are physically dwindling and feel awful. We just can't. So sometimes some things have to take a back seat so that we can spend the time, effort, and energy really prioritizing our health figuring out those root causes like you were talking about earlier and addressing them. And and that's not a quick, like, there's no pill for that, right? <laughs> there's just not. We're huge fans of supplementation and that kind of thing, but it's it, it, those are tools. They're not solutions. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. You know, it takes a village, you know, like for people to get better. So we're not looking for a hundred meter sprint over here. We are definitely looking for a marathon. Yeah. So you cannot just kind of change your lifestyle for a month or two months and then you want to go back to the same lifestyle before because you land up in the same trouble. So mm -hmm. this is like a lifestyle change, not like taking a medicine for like a for a cold or something. Right. And then obviously there are supplements needed, which is great, but those are as you suggested, just one tool in the toolbox, but that is not the only tool. Right. And that's the only tool a lot of people are looking at. Oh, just put me on a supplement. Well, no, it doesn't work that way, right? You're yes, absolutely we right. use the supplements, but we have to use the other things also. We need to use the food, the stress management, the body movement, the positive mindset, or prioritizing sleep. That is another thing. A lot of people are not doing it. Right? The current research suggests that more than 60 to 70% of Americans currently do not get good quality sleep at least three to four times a week. And we know that sleep is needed for proper functioning of our mind, for proper functioning of our body, for proper immunity in our body. So that is, again, prioritizing that, oh, I'm okay with just sleeping like four hours in a day and I can still function. Well, yes, you can. But that doesn't mean that, you know, that is the best way of handling your health, right? Yeah. We need to prioritize those things. Well, yes, because those those healthy cells cannot rejuvenate without rest either, right? We can't take this 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 organ that is struggling and help it to rejuvenate if we never allow our bodies to rest and and experience that so tell us i i always like to leave with a little bit of encouragement tell us about some of the success stories that you've seen with some of your your patients that have followed your protocols absolutely so like you know just recently like one of our clients you know like uh, saw phenomenal results with working with us 37 year old 37 year old female came to see us six months ago. Uh, she was diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease, I think, four years before she came to see us. You know, like, uh, she was tired a lot to the point that she had to take a nap during the day. She was gaining weight, not able to lose it. She was brain foggy again. By the end of the day, she was just not able to remember anything at all. Uh, she was obviously mother of two kids, as well as she was running a full-time business. And for her, it was a very big struggle to run the business because she was literally forgetting the names of her clients, not able to remove, like remember the transactions. Literally every time she was sitting in a meeting, she had to write everything down because she was just not able to remember. She went to these doctors, you know, like they put her on medications, nothing changed. She went through like changing some of the dietary things. Again, something got better, but again, she did not get better completely. That's when she came to see us. The very first thing was that, you know, we looked at the whole body's picture. What was going on? Now, her nutritionist put her on a very low calorie diet 
and she forgot to just kind of you know point her towards the quality of the food just the calories was a thing that she was focusing on so that was definitely hurting her body then she has been exposed to more toxins she moved into this house 5 years ago and just one year into the living of the house she started having hashimoto symptoms and they didn't knew that it was a older house which already had more damage so there was a more exposure that she got and then plus you know her gut was not functioning the best she had some bad bacteria that's what we suspected so after knowing all of these things we made a step wise protocol with her told her that the low calorie diet is not good it's more about quality of the food rather than the calorie of the things initially she was very surprised and scared she said no i'm already not able to lose weight i don't want to do things that you want me to like do i said okay well why don't you do it if you are gaining weight then we'll stop it so she agreed she started doing the diet changing the quality of the food taking certain supplements we started working on her gut and the toxins and everything else and bingo like you know within 6 to 8 weeks phenomenal results were happening she was having a lot of energy she did not have to take a nap at all like you know her brain capacity was great she was able to remember everything she lost 7 pounds which was not much but still for her was huge deal because she always had been gaining weight and now she is finally losing weight her gut was functioning much better than before her antibody levels for four years were running very very high and after working with us finally her antibody levels came back to zero mm-hmm. normal her doctor flipped out she said well this cannot happen you know like this is i think a lab error she said no i'm working on it so she, i'm very happy she said no it cannot happen these are lab errors i want to repeat the test she repeated the test you know and then again the same thing her antibodies were gone the doctor said i don't know how this happened but whatever you're doing keep doing right that's interesting and that that seems to be the response of traditional medicine a lot is to say you know it, it not to harp on that but to say that there are what is taught in traditional medical school like you went to like my husband attended is so vastly different and i think that's just one thing we have to remember is how people are trained and it really is you know medical school traditional training is a lot like what my husband always says a pill for an ill you know this they it, the patient presents this way okay we found they have hashimotos okay we give them this medicine next patient right it's kind of that's what the training is so it's not that these are horrible doctors or that they don't care it's just that that is not what they're trained for and as we've talked about today just with this one with this one diagnosis of hashimotos there are so many things we have to consider and look at and oftentimes there are other contributing factors like you mentioned the mold toxicity and the stress and the super low calorie diet which was causing more stress and there's typically so many things that come together and we just can't compartmentalize right like you can't just say oh it's just this one thing and it's going to be fine um and so i always just want to encourage people that even if you are experiencing lots of di- different symptoms and you know like people come to you i remember that you said this with your own experience that someone suggested functional medicine saying that well when you don't know what's going on you go see these people right and that's what happens so often just and and so often um with hashimotos with lime and mold and epstein barr it's just this incredible fatigue is the best way and people just feel awful 
and we have to dig under all of those layers. So we're very grateful for practitioners, providers like you that are doing that hard work and committed to your patients and walking alongside them through sometimes what can be a long, hard process. But there is hope and that's what matters the most, right? There is hope and you can heal. Um, and I do encourage everybody to check out Dr. Gupta's book, Reversing Hashimoto's. I'm guessing you can get it anywhere books are sold. Is that true? That is true, yes. Okay, and and where is your practice located? So actually we are a completely virtual practice now since three okay. years. So okay. people can work from uh, wherever they want in the country or in the world. Uh, so we provide virtual consultations, especially with people with Hashimoto's disease, help them improve their health, help improve the disease process, and then obviously get great results with that. All right. Wonderful. That's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate your expertise and advice to those who are struggling with Hashimoto's. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me over here. Thank you. Thank you.